Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Don't you just love worship? Do you know that praise and worship is the atmosphere for miracles? I don't know if not everybody believes that in 2019. I'm pretty confident they don't. But praise and worship absolutely is the atmosphere for miracles. I don't know what you're believing God for, but there's no better place to be when you're facing stuff and the junk of life is attacking you than in the presence of God. And you have to find that time in your own life where you can be in that place. This is really just the corporate example of it. All we're doing here on a Sunday is just to give you an example of what you should walk out of here and do every day in your home in a constant walk with God. But I think we'll get there. And I think there's what we've got planned for this morning. Though it's going to be a little bit shorter than we planned, I think um, God's got a plan. Um, I want to welcome and I want us to really bless Prayer and Rose as they come and join Sarah and I at the front. They're a real blessing in our house. Prayer and Rose are on our senior leadership team. And I want to thank them um, for their, the part that they play in the team in this house and the leadership that they have modelled. Um, God has really placed a burden on their hearts to see the people of God pray and to see us pray as the Bible lays out and teaches us. Um, and not this Friday, but the Friday before, um, we had the privilege, didn't we, of going to London and um, for my boss, Dr. Morris Sorello, we conducted a partners meeting. Um, about 500 people registered for it. About 300 came. Um, and we were on the Oxford Street. And I invited Prayer and Rose to come down because we were talking about this book, which says, Lord, teach us to pray. And it was written by my boss. And we, we were just talking about this book in that meeting. And I got a lot out of what Prayer and Rose shared um, at that meeting. And I thought, you know what, as a church, we need to look at this too. And we need to take a look at the question, Lord, teach us to pray. And just before, I'm going to pose some questions to Prayer and Rose and let them share and talk to you this morning about this question. I just wanted to forerun it. You know, um, in Luke Luke chapter 11, it's where the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus was praying. I'm going to read it to you. Um, Jesus was praying and then the disciples kind of were in that place and they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They saw something about what Jesus was doing. And here's, here's what it says, uh, chapter 11. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. It's one of the most important Questions that I think the disciples ever posed to Jesus. And Jesus went on to speak about um, the Lord's Prayer, which has become so familiar to all of us. And um, I just wonder, prayer, if you could talk just into this for a minute. Where, where did this question bubble up from in the disciples? How do you think that it just came up into them? I mean, I heard Dennis a week, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, when Dennis Davis was here with us. He was talking about hunger and thirst in God's people. And I just wanted you to talk about this question, Lord, teach us to pray, and where the disciples came up with this. 
I think to, to understand where the question really comes from is, first of all, I think to get a background of how the disciples got there. Number one, this was not the first time that they seen the Lord Jesus pray. It says there he was praying in a certain place, and when he came down, then they went to him and said, teach us how to pray. And this is Luke chapter 11. If you go back to Luke chapter 5, scripture actually says that he often withdrew himself and prayed. And the disciples lived with Jesus. So they must have seen him countless times withdrawing himself and praying. But we never hear back then the disciples asking the Lord Jesus to teach them to pray. So my question is always, why now? Why not before when they saw him all the time that he prayed? And number two, as they ask him, the disciple actually says, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. So they already knew that as a disciple, you ought to be taught how to pray. But so far, they never sought the Lord Jesus to teach them. Why now? Now, I always say revelation is one of the most important things that we can ever have as a people and as believers. So this time around, then, when they see Jesus coming down, they must have thought to themselves, we need this. We can't live without this. Amen. So it's something that's so important for each one of us that we come to that place where we desire to know how to pray, where we desire for us to live the way Jesus wants us to. I always think of this like a child at school. How often for some of us who are parents, you are saying to your child, please study. You are always pushing them to study, to study. But for a child who has a hunger to study, you never even have to push them. You actually have to tell them sometimes, stop, it's enough now, it's time to rest. So it's important that as believers, each one of us come to that point where we desire for ourselves that we would pray. Because if we don't come to that place, we will always pray when someone says, please, let's come and pray. When your pastor says, please, let's come and pray. But the moment your pastor is not there, guess what? You will stop praying because it was never coming from here. And so the question alone is just a glimpse into the place that we need to be as believers where we desire and we hunger to learn to pray the way Jesus wanted us to pray. What I love about it was at the time they asked the question, it didn't particularly seem like there was a great need that they were coming to ask for prayer. It wasn't like there was... Because often we find it super easy to come and like be interested in prayer when we're facing something, don't we? I mean, the, the moment a challenge hits, the, even... Even the, I don't, I don't want to say the worst Christian, but like even if the least Christian of anybody would go, oh, I should probably pray about that. We find it easier in the moment of challenge to pray. But it was, they were seeking after Jesus to answer this question when there didn't seem to be any perceived need. I mean, how do we overcome that prayer? How do we make this kind of something that we don't just wait for the challenge to come? I think it's, the answer is in the Lord's Prayer itself. If you begin to look at it, there are about, the last time I counted, I think there are about um, 10 or 11 aspects that he taught them to pray for. And needs is just one of them, just one. And the rest has nothing to do with needs. It has to do with worship. It has to do with praise. It has to do with petition, intercession. It has to do really with our relationship directly with him. 
So we begin to realize that we don't have to wait for things to go wrong in our lives before we run to the place of prayer. Because there is a whole world for us as believers to explore in our relationship with Christ through prayer. I think the moment we don't understand that aspect, I think we've missed the whole purpose of prayer. That's why scripture says men ought always to pray and not faint. I'm pretty sure for most of us, it's not every day that we have a crisis. So the day that we don't, we don't have a crisis, do we not pray? Because there's no crisis. So if you go back to the Lord's Prayer itself and really analyze the different aspects that the Lord Jesus taught the disciples, then we will begin to realize that actually prayer is something that I need to habitually do. And the other thing, as I said there from Luke chapter uh, 5, where it says, he often withdrew himself to pray. Often. He never waited for there to be a need, but he often withdrew himself and prayed. And no wonder signs and wonders followed him whenever he ministered. And I always think, if it was good for the Lord Jesus Christ, then it should be good enough for us. Amen. I love how um, Prayer and Rose lead the prayer meetings in the evening and, it, and, and on a Monday, Monday evening, 8 o'clock. Um, but what amazed me was early on they, they asked us to um, put together like a, a prayer remit because they have a plan. They always have a plan of what they're going to do. And, and I, I don't know whether it's just the pastor hat or what it is, but all I could think of was needs. And I was just like, needs, needs. And then in the end, I was like, actually, no, you guys do it because they're much better at it than, than I found I was because all I could think of was the people's needs. And then as I realized every week, prayer and rows are bringing out like amazing aspects of the Bible just in their prayer time. So please don't ever think that our prayer meetings are just needs. Now the needs are so important and there is space for them at the end and they're given all of all of the attention that they need. But what's amazing is that Prayer and Rose put together these prayer meetings that draw you deeper in a relationship with God, deeper in a relationship with the Bible, with the Word, and with prayer. And if I'm honest, I mean, I've grown up all my life in different prayer meetings, and I've, and, but it's really shown me a different way to pray. So I, just, I thank you for that. And just showing that it isn't just the needs. There's a whole... They pray for everything. So it really is inspiring. Julian, can I just add And also, just to add on that, prayer is also is communication with God. If you look at the beginning of the Bible, um, when Adam and Eve were made, God used to walk down in the cool of the day to, to talk to Adam. So God also wants to talk to us more than, more than we know, actually, more than, you know, we want to talk to him. So rather than bring a shopping list to him, he also wants, you know, we've just sung, I mean, when I was singing that song, I was like, God, this is the answer to our prayers. It's, he, he wants to talk with us. He wants to talk with us. So if you have nothing else to pray for, just remember, God wants to talk to you and he's looking forward to Amazing. that time. Rose, right, maybe 75% of this book that Dr. Srillo wrote is given over to teaching us that prayer isn't something we do necessarily, we just do. It's something that we make a lifestyle. It's how we live it's, it's our daily walk. It's more than just some, you know, like, oh, I must remember to pray today. Has anyone ever asked themselves, I must remember to have some time in prayer. This book actually says that we have to make it a lifestyle. Have you got anything that you could share with us that would help us yeah. make prayer more of a lifestyle choice than it is something we do? Yeah. So, like, when you meet a new friend, 
you, meet, you, you know, introduce yourself. So th that's your point of salvation. So you meet a new friend. Hi, Dawn, this is, I'm Rose. And we meet there. If all I say to Dawn is, hi, Dawn, I'm Rose, that's all Dawn will ever know of me. And that's all I'll never know of Dawn. Um, so as also as Christians, when we are saved, we are, salvation is just a starting point. And God wants to, as I already said, God wants to communicate with us. And prayer is our communication with God. So we have to make it a lifestyle. And I've fallen to the trap as well of, in, in terms of need, I pray more. But actually, we should be every day walking in, um, walking in prayer. Um, I read a book years ago, I think it was by Benny Hinn, which said, Good morning, Holy Spirit. And I learned so much from that book of, you know, how he ran from school to run home. To, to talk to or to meet with the Holy Spirit because of the encounter he was having with the Holy Spirit. And so we need that desire. And I like David so much. David says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And for me, it's not just the house of the Lord. I should be glad to go to that closet every day. So if I actually, if I don't make prayer my lifestyle, then I actually, I'm not growing in the Lord. I'm, I don't get to know God more. But actually, if I go into time of prayer, it's not just me talking. I'm learning this as well because I talk a lot even in prayer. It's not just me talking. It's also allowing God to speak to me, allowing God to minister to me. And sometimes I think prayer preached a few, quite a while ago about making sure your closet is closed. You know, you close the door. Don't leave it ajar. Sometimes there's so many things that can disturb us. But put that time aside each day. It, and it can be hard sometimes because uh, we, we are young parents. <laughs> we are young parents. We are parents of young children. So life is busy. You know, try and incorporate prayer life. It's not about, yes, important, it's important to have that closer time, but it's not about that time alone. So while you're showering, you could be singing and praising God. While you're cooking, you should come into my kitchen. <laughs> it's a praise and worship center. So while you're cooking, while you're, you know, okay, not in the street, but wherever you are by yourself, <laughs> you know, just, and also I want to say prayer is not just prayer on its own. I believe that a prayerful person is a very worshipful person, and a worshipper is a very prayerful person as I was, well. I was about to say, Rose, that you, it's almost like you can't differentiate prayer from praise and worship, that they come hand in hand. You can see that in order to enter a place for Rose to pray, that praise and worship is a real key part of that. I want to encourage you. If you don't have, I mean, it started there. If you don't have your certain place, that's, that's what we say. Right at the beginning, it says Jesus was praying in a certain place. And the disciples saw something that raised a question in them. He had found his secret place. If you don't have that, where you can begin to the atmosphere of praise and worship, that's where prayer begins, that conversation begins. Amen? Amen. And like you can see Rose, she'll, just, she'll be talking about prayer and praise and worship, just gets thrown in there in the mix. It's because it's all mushed up, and it's because it's a lifestyle. I really appreciate that. You know what it says? Lord, teach us. To pray. The disciples asked the right person, didn't they? They asked that question. We're not going on to like today to like break down the Lord's Prayer or the perfect prayer as some people call it. We're not going to do that. Maybe that needs to be on the agenda for our Com Academy to take the Lord's Prayer and do a study on it. I know that we'd have to book for some time in 2021 because you guys have got it all booked up, but maybe prayer and I and Rose and We'd love the opportunity in the academy to do a Bible study on the Lord's Prayer. But I'm thinking before we even start, if we're not asking the question as a church and as a people, Lord, teach us to pray, there's no hunger and thirst for it in the first place. I just want to stop at that this morning. But when you ask, Lord, teach us to pray, you're asking the right person. Yesterday, I had the privilege of um, going to David Carr's 
um, like closing um, service where he was in lead ministry. He's been in ministry for 47 years and he's handing his church on to who's coming next, the transition period. And um, I got to be at there. And, and the Bishop of York, the Archbishop of York is there. He's like the number two in all of the Anglican church under Justin Welby. Um, he's like the number two in, in that. And he preached and he blew my mind. He blew my mind. Best preacher I've heard in a very, very long time. Um, and something he said that I wanted to share with you this morning was that Christians are the most prayed for people. And he started to explain why that was. Christians are the most prayed for people. So you are most prayed for, not because other people are praying for you, but he explained how Jesus is interceding for you 24-7. Do you understand that when they ask Lord teachers to pray, they're asking the person that's praying 24-7 constantly. He then went on to say the Holy Spirit is praying for you 24-7. So when you have a hunger and thirst to ask that question and you go, Lord, teach us to pray, you're asking the right person because he's praying for you every day, all day, and he's on your side. If that doesn't make you want to clap your hands and praise, I don't know what will. But Lord, teach us to pray. I would just want to stop at the question this morning. Like, are you even asking it? Do you even go to the Father and say that? The more people that we can get in Comchurch just with the hunger and thirst to ask the question in the first place. We'll go on to do Bible studies on the answers that Jesus came. What's amazing in this book, it does break down the answers and it says that when we pray in the Spirit, when we um, learn to pray in the Spirit, when we learn to pray prayers that are not ordinary. Isn't it true that the, that the Lord's Prayer has become so familiar to many of us, yet it's an extraordinary prayer? It's become so familiar. I think we need to pray prayers that are beyond ordinary, and that's what this book really helped me to do. And I just want to encourage you, take a look at that question, Lord, teach us to pray. Sarah, I was going to just mention to you, and the question we closed on the other night was, I mean, how, what do we pray when we just don't know what to pray. Sometimes we're in these moments and we've got, we feel so hopeless. We don't know what to pray in the first place. What do we do then? So this is where it takes me straight to Romans 8, 26. And as you've just said about in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And that's why, you know, prayer is amazing, that it, it can be hours and hours and hours and long-winded, or it can be, help me, Jesus, or it can just be, oh, just a groan, and that's, what, that's a groan. And it's just that heart inclined towards God, and you're just, I... <laughs> help <laughs> and that and he can incede that intercedes that he interprets that and that can be just as powerful as a long written out speech do you know what I mean and that's 
that's what's amazing is it's that heart turned towards Jesus and just reminding ourselves that we are being interceded for, that we're not praying dryly on our own, but that we're joining Jesus, we're joining the Holy Spirit in that. But that's why I just encourage you is even if you don't know how to pray and, and you might start to pray and look at the clock and like you feel like you've been there for five hours and it's been literally one minute just don't worry about the clock. Just throw that, throw that out of your head. But it's just really taking that time and, and really just, just yeah, wordless groans. I love that. And as I've said this before is there's sometimes when you're in that real pit and you have that almost that erythral scream from the pit of your stomach because it hurts. But I believe that that's a hurt that, that Jesus takes. And it says he captures every tear. He holds every tear. You know, all of these gestures towards the Father is as prayer. It's like prayer, and we can go, and we can do that. And I've, I've shared before where, you know, the Bible says, cast your burdens onto Jesus, for he cares. And so, at a time where I'm having a really difficult time, I went and walked my dog, I took her ball thrower, and I cast it, and I said the person's name, and I threw that ball. Now, you won't find that in a how-to pray but let me tell you, in the evening, those prayers had been answered and those situations had been turned around because I threw a ball. But that was another form of just physically going, I'm casting that onto you. And that was my prayer because I didn't know what else to pray. So I just did what Jesus said and cast it. Yet answers to that prayer came miraculously. So earlier on, we sang, you know, we sang the name of Jesus quite a lot. And I think that's very important. Sometimes when you don't know what else to pray, just say the name of Jesus. Um, I think it was Martha Munizzi sang a song years ago, say the name of Jesus. And it says, when you don't know what else to pray, when you can't find the words to say, just say the name of Jesus. And atmosphere changes when we call on the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Prayer. We're going to pray over you as we close this service. You know, filling empty seats with bodies of Christians that enjoy sermons week in, week out, for just sitting in church and being a part of a body. And there's amazing con words around this room, like to be a part of a community and to have companionship. All of those things are great about church life. They are. But we're not interested in filling this with seats with people that just want comfortable sermons, that want to sit there. I would love to see this to be the house of God where people sit there and they have enough hunger and thirst in their life to ask the question, Lord, teach me to pray in the first place. I wonder whether you've ever asked the question. I wonder whether you're thirsty enough to even ask it. Before we even get on to hearing what Jesus answered us, has your heart got enough hunger and thirst in it to ask the question. I'm going to ask that prayer close this service today by praying the Lord's Prayer over you. Praying that each of us get inspired to ask the question, Lord, teach us to pray. That it wouldn't be teach us to pray as in a mantra. Prayer, just quickly. Is the, is the, was the Lord's Prayer written so that we could just put our minds on one side and just repeat aimlessly some words from a page? Was that Jesus's? He thought, you're never going to remember, so I'm going to write the words for you. Was that the heart behind it? No, no that was not the, the, the whole purpose of, of the Lord's Prayer. Otherwise, it takes relationship out. Or if all we ever do is to repeat the same words over and over and over again, our hearts are not in it. 
it becomes a mechanical exercise. But God has always said that all he is after is our hearts. So when we pray the Lord's Prayer, I mean, we always say the Lord's Prayer, but as Pastor Julian has said, it's not about repeating the words. Pour out your heart to God, whatever is in your heart. I often say that restaurants make a business because most of us take our loved ones and our friends out there because we want to cultivate and build relationships. So why not cultivate and build our relationships with the Lord in prayer? Amen. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.